now going to have our Bible reading and I handed a sheet as you came in. The reading today is from 1 Kings 8, 22 to 53. Solomon's Prayer of Dedication. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel, spread out his hands toward heaven and said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven, above or on earth below. You who kept your covenant of love with your servant, who continue wholeheartedly in your way. You have kept your, your promise to your servant David, my father, and with your mouth you have promised, and with your hand you have filled it as it is today. Now, Lord, the God of Israel, keep of your servant David, my father, the promises you made to him when you said, you shall never fail to have a successor to sit before me on the throne of Israel. If only your descendants are careful in all they do to walk before me faithfully, as you have done. And now, God of Israel, let your word that you promised to your servant David, my father, come true. Will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Yet, give attention to your servant's prayer and plea for mercy, Lord my God. Hear the cry of the people that your servant is praying in your presence this day. May your eyes be open towards this temple day and night. This place of which you said, my name shall be there. So that you will hear the prayer of your servant that your servant prays towards this place. Hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place. Hear from heaven, your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. When anyone wrongs the neighbour and is required to take an oath that they can come and swear the oath before your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and act. Judge between your servants, condemning the guilty by bringing down on their heads what they have done and vindicating the innocent by treating them in accordance with their innocence. When your people, Israel, have been defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you and when they have turned back to you and given praise to your name, praying and making supplication to you in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive their sins of your people, Israel and bring them back to the land you gave their ancestors. When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain, because your people have sinned against you, and when they pray towards this place, and give praise to your name, and turn from their sins because you have afflicted them, then hear from heaven, and forgive the sins of your servants, your people Israel. Teach them the right way to live, and send rain on the land you gave your people, for an inheritance. When famine or plague comes to the land, or blight or mildew, locusts or grasshoppers, or when an enemy besieges them in any of the cities, whatever disaster or disease may come, and when a prayer of or plea is made by anyone among your people Israel, being aware of the afflictions of their own hearts and spreading out their hands towards this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Forgive and act. Deal with everyone according to what they do, since you know their hearts, 
for you alone know every human heart, so that they will fear you all the time they live in the land that you gave our ancestors. As for the foreigner who does not belong to your people, Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name, for they will hear of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. And when they come and pray towards this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Do whatever the foreigner asks of you so that all people of earth may know that your name and fear you as do your own people Israel. And they may know that this house I have built bears your name. When your people go to war against their enemies, whenever you send them, and when they pray to the Lord towards the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer and their plea and uphold their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and they give them, and give them over to their enemies who take them captive, to their own lands, far away or near. And if they have a change of heart in the land where they are held captive and repent and plea with you in the land of their captors and say, we have sinned, we've done wrong, we've acted wickedly. And if they turn back to you with all their heart and soul in the land of their enemies who took them captive and pray towards the land you gave your ancestors, towards the city you've chosen... And to the temple I have built for your name. Then, from heaven, your dwelling place, hear their prayer and their plea and uphold their cause. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. Forgive all their offences they have committed against you and cause their captives to show mercy. For they are your people and your inheritance whom you brought out of Egypt out of that iron-smelting furnace. May your eyes be open to your servant's plea and to the plea of your people Israel, and may you listen to them whenever they cry out to you, for you singled them out from all nations of the world to be your own inheritance, just as you declared through your servant Moses when you, sovereign Lord, brought out ancestors out of Egypt. Well, thank you, Jeff, very much. Uh, that was a wonderful uh, reading of God's Word. And uh, isn't it a great privilege to just come on a Sunday morning and have the Bible well read to uh, listen to? I hope it encourages us as we, uh, uh, to be good listeners and then doers of, of God's Word. Why don't we pray and uh, ask God to help us? Our Father and our God, we... Uh, have the uh, scriptures open in front of us now. We thank you for the work of your spirit that uh, has uh, breathed these out for us to uh, have and to and interact with and indeed be transformed by. We pray this may be, uh, be so. And as we think of the, this prayer of Solomon's today, uh, may it draw us ever so to call on this uh, wonderful name of Jesus the Lord who is king over all today. So hear us, Father, and please 
Be with us in these moments, in Jesus' name. Amen. Bringing a person's uh, needs to the Lord in prayer is a loving thing any Christian can do. Out of loving concern, uh, we do pray for the anxious or the fearful that they would know the Lord's peace. Maybe uh, it's someone who is serving as a chaplain or a missionary overseas somewhere and they've sent through to you a prayer letter and uh, you want to have that open in front of you and uh, pray for them. Perhaps um, when we pray, we, we pray for a situation that some of us did last Sunday afternoon for believers in a place called Manipur in India who are facing persecution. Or there's a person who's on our heart, uh, someone in our family perhaps, uh, who we long uh, to know the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus. Out of loving concern, uh, we pray for others. And what we find here in this passage that was read from 1 Kings 8, we find King Solomon really at his finest hour. With the temple built, he prays that in the future the Lord would forgive his people, that the Lord would see this house built by Solomon, that it, uh, he would hear the pleas of his people from heaven and forgive. And he confesses there that there is no one who does not sin. Uh, you might like to have this outline in front of you as you go through this, and uh, let me just talk you through it. Uh, this is Solomon's prayer, and it's about the Lord who completely is, is completely faithful, who listens and forgives. Although he is uncontainable, he is accessible. So call on his name, and his prayer gives us seven scenarios for the Lord to hear. And then a concluding point, in Jesus' name, we pray. So the prayer starts with identification, the Lord's. The name God gave to his people, the one and only true God. Psalm 86 tells us that among the gods there is none like you, O Lord, you alone are God, who is completely faithful, giving David a son to sit on his throne. And with his mouth the Lord said, and with his hand he delivered. In covenant love for his people, he kept his promises to give them a king. And Solomon's praise should be our praise. The Lord is still the Lord of heaven and earth. He is our God. God is our Father. And Jesus told his followers, his Father is my God and your God. My Father and your Father. And why does he say that? There is no other God whoever sacrificed his life to save his people and bring them into God's family as his adopted children. And so we pray, our Father in heaven, we say, Lord our God. We praise him because he is completely faithful, who does what he says. No other God ever promised anyone an eternal kingship and then delivered on that promise, except the Lord's. Notice with me in verse 25 a condition to the promise. 
Just have a look at it there in the passage. It's got it printed there. You just cast your eye down to it. Verse 25, you shall never fail to have a successor to sit before me on the throne of Israel. If only your descendants are careful to do all they do, let me rephrase that. If only your descendants are careful in all they do to walk before you faithfully as you, David, have done. You know from the reading of 1 Kings and 2 that Israel's kings didn't. David's historic kingdom was lost due to the disobedience of his sons. But God's promised kingdom was established forever through the son he gave, the son of David, who perfectly walked before God all the way to the cross, who perfectly kept God's law, reading, leading right to the very end, reaching the end of his life. And what did he pray? Father, into, my, into your hands I commit my spirit. There was Jesus entrusting his life body and soul, to his father's care. He was asking the father to do what the father promised and to raise him from the dead and give him an eternal throne. On the third day, God raised him bodily. He ascended to the throne and a throne in heaven over the universe. God kept his promise. He gave a descendant of David an everlasting kingdom. When you pray, you pray to him who keeps promises. God promised his church would be kept to the end. And so we pray for the church to persevere even when it is persecuted. God promised his kingdom to grow until every tribe and nation gives him honour and glory. And so we pray new churches to be planted and more gospel workers to go into the harvest. God promised that Jesus will come again. And so we pray for his second coming, asking that all will acknowledge him as the everlasting king. What about your own life? Are you trusting him enough to pray to the Lord for things concerning you? Or is there unwillingness to turn to him because you don't want his control over them? The first thing Solomon's prayer does, if we are listening, is to challenge us at the completely, to look at the completely faithful promise-keeping God who has promised to forgive our sins, provide for our basic needs, and give us something useful to do in the world. So we pray, forgive us our sins, 
Give us our daily bread and put us in the right places to use our gifts to his glory. Ask him for the things he has promised to do, for he is completely faithful. And then we see, with this magnificent temple in place, Solomon raises the question, will you really dwell on the earth? So we're up to our second point this morning, the Lord who listens and forgives. And here's a real head-scratcher for Solomon. Here's a real reality check. He wants the Lord to listen and forgive. But will you really be found in this house I've built, in these four walls? Can it really contain the God of the universe? You're so vast and beyond compare. You are so immense beyond the boundaries of the universe. It's really what the Apostle Paul said at Mars Hill in Acts 17. Paul expressing the same conclusion. God being the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in temples built by humans. Or go to Acts 7 with Stephen and his speech saying the same thing. Solomon can't make God smaller than he is expecting him to live in this house. So with humility he prays, although you are uncontainable to dwell on earth, have a look at verse 28. He says, give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. Lord my God, hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence this day. Often religion is defined as human attempts to gain access to some other being or maybe human activities, you know, rituals at special places, at special times. This isn't how the Bible speaks of giving, of giving us access to God. This true God isn't reached by human effort thoughts or imaginations. The Bible tells us humanity was expelled from the presence of the Lord. That it's not possible for people to find their own way back. That the Bible, the story of the Bible, is God's story. What God has done in making himself accessible. He is only accessible to people by the way he is made possible. And this is why giving his name is so important. The Lord gave his people a name in this place. The people could then call on the name of the Lord, by praying towards this place. And tragically, the people of Israel got fixated on the temple itself. They thought that the building itself would give them the security that they wanted. It didn't work, and it was a false hope. As it is wrong in seeing today that our physical buildings, our places where we gather, it's functioning like the house that Solomon built. 
as Jeff mentioned in the children's talk, the church is not a house of the Lord. Our temple is now Jesus. The new temple who made his dwelling among us. Who said, destroy this temple and in three days I will rise it, raise it. Jesus is the ultimate fulfilment of all the house of Solomon was meant to be. True praying where the Lord hears and forgives is only possible when our requests go towards his name. Well, Solomon thought so. It wasn't wishful thinking. God would listen, not because he's comfortable at home in the building in Jerusalem there, but from heaven, his dwelling place, the place where he's enthroned. And this is the wonder of grace. When you approach the Lord in the way that he has provided, praying in his name, God has given then the true and living God in the highest heaven, uncontainable, is accessible. He listens. When you consider the gulf between the Lord who, and who we are, it makes true prayer extraordinary. He's infinite, we're finite. He's almighty, we're puny. He's omniscient, we know little. But then consider, friends, he is holy. We are sinners. The most important thing that needs to happen between God and people is that God would forgive when we turn to him in prayer. And in Jesus' name, who died for our sin, he can and does accessible. Now Solomon's prayer goes on to give us these what I've called seven scenarios that really would trigger in the future God's people praying towards this house, really going from verses 31 right through to 53. These scenarios aren't new by the way. If uh, you did a reading of Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28, you would have seen that they have been anticipated by Moses in the Pentateuch there. But the first scenario here that Solomon refers to is um, a prayer for justice. And uh, again, uh, Old Testament readers, you'll know that uh, there was that dispute in 1 Kings 21 between King Ahab and uh, Naboth in the vineyard. And there was that uh, need, need for justice. We all could sense that as we read that account. But even in the small disputes that go on, the prayer here is asking that the Lord, who knows all, will bring those parties to a resolution and the dispute will be solved under oath before him. Then we move into the second part of the prayer in Solomon's prayer, verses 33 to 34, uh, of rescue and return. So this scenario where the people are defeated by an enemy, they should cry out to the Lord Plea towards the house and be returning to the land. Then there's the third prayer of the Lord's provision when there's no rain, a drought. 
And don't you recall in 1 Kings 17, it hasn't rained for three and a half years. It's just in a matter of years' time. These scenarios are being worked out. And what does Elijah do, remember? He calls upon the Lord and it's a great hullabaloo there, isn't it? The people had turned away from the Lord and they'd worshipped the Baal. And Elijah's there offering a proper sacrifice for sin. And you know what happens, don't you? The fire comes down, the sacrifice is acceptable to the Lord, and the people put their faces on the dust of the earth. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And after Elijah prayed seven times, remember? The skies grew black, the clouds opened, and it rained. Solomon's fourth scenario was a prayer for deliverance from disaster. And again in 1 Kings 18, there's a famine. Then we go to the prayer of, for outsiders, the foreigners, to come into the temple. That it might be a temple for all the nations of the peoples of the earth. That promise to Abraham, do you remember? All the families of the earth shall be blessed. And here is the prayer as they come in towards the temple and call on his name. A little bit further on from 1 Kings 8, remember the Queen of Sheba comes arriving at the doorstep of Solomon. Naaman, remember him, 2 Kings 5, heard about the name of the Lord, travelled to Israel, received the answer to the prayers and praised God saying, now I know there is no God in heaven and on all the earth but in Israel. Then a prayer for victory, the, the sixth scenario, verses 44 to 45, that God's people went to battle and they would pray towards the city and the house of Jerusalem and the Lord would act and put things right for his people. And then the final scenario previews what happens to the nations when they go into exile. Through Moses, God wanted his people, warned his people about this. The prayer asked God to maintain his people's cause and his people would receive compassion even in the eyes of their captors. Solomon prayed for the nation's forgiveness. He knew God would hear and answer because, what does he say? These are your people. These are your heritage, whom you rescued from Egypt. Let your eyes be open. Give your ear to them whenever they call to you. He prayed the sinner's prayer for forgiveness from a merciful God. We may pray for the Lord to do this even if we're outsiders. We've never prayed to him before. We can still pray to him when we are far away from him. All we need to do is to turn toward Jesus Christ, the living temple, who offered his body as the one perfect sacrifice for our sin. There is a way back to God for anyone who truly repents and believes in Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. When we see Solomon at prayer, standing before an altar there in Jerusalem, with his hands are spread out to heaven, 
At some point, he fell on his knees. Acknowledging a greater king, he understood that the highest service, the most loving thing he could give to his people was to pray for them. They were so blessed to have a king who prayed for them. And aren't we so blessed to have a king who prays for us? We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is the heart of gospel truth. There is one God, there is one mediator between God and people, the man Christ Jesus. That name, the name by which we pray, confident that God hears Whatever the scenario is that we're facing, the Lord forgives you and acts for you and for his name. Who says, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Who says, Whatever you ask in the Father's name, I will do it. This is true praying. Asking in the name of the Lord Jesus. Not just sort of adding to our prayer the name Jesus at the end. as a sort of a sign-off, you know. But coming to the Father, not to the house that Solomon built for God's name, but to Jesus Christ, the Lord, the name God has given, who's building his spiritual house. We call on his name. And in his name, receive the forgiveness of our sins. We acknowledge his name. We believe in his name. We can be hated, persecuted, rejected, insulted because of that name. We hold fast to that name, refusing to deny his name. Wherever we're going in this week. Here we are, just mere human beings, men and women, being heard by Almighty God, making requests and then being granted. Ask me anything in my name, I will do it. How come? Only through Christ, our Lord, through whom we gain access to the Father who hears as we turn towards him. Like Solomon, may we be willing to have humble hearts as we turn towards the Lord who's in heaven and call on his name, who listens, whose eyes are open towards you and who forgives. Let's pray. We come before you, our Father, calling on the name of our Lord Jesus risen from the dead where we have forgiveness and access to your throne. Lord, we, we confess this morning uh, we 
so often fail to take advantage of the, or make the most of the opportunity and we ask that you might change us. To call on the name of the Lord for every scenario in life that we are facing. That just seems impossible maybe for some of us. Forgive us, Father, where we have wanted just to be in control and not handed that control over to Almighty God. Please work in our hearts and transform us and grant us that willingness to come and call on the name of the Lord. And so we uh, commit these things ourselves to you again this day in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.